Welcome to Freya's Fairy Tales, where we believe fairy tales are both stories we enjoyed as children and something that we can achieve ourselves. Each week, we will talk to authors about their favorite fairy tales when they were kids, and their adventure to holding their very own fairy tale in their hands. At the end of each episode, we will finish off with a fairy tale or short story read as close to the original author's version as possible. I am your host, Freya Victoria. I'm an audiobook narrator that loves reading fairy tales, novels, and bringing stories to life through narration. I'm also fascinated by talking to authors and learning about their why and how for creating their stories. We've included all of the links for today's author and our show in the show notes. Be sure to check out our website and sign up for our newsletter for the latest on the podcast. Today is part one of two, where we are talking to Kate Prada about her novels. Over the next two weeks, you will hear about starting with creative writing, coining the term diet spice, branding yourself as a mess, being encouraged by your writer friends, starting a discord to make writing friends, and having it blow up, being approachable for other authors, writing your friends into your novels, and starting conversations with your wild days. Shadow, the Wraith series, book two. There have been many identities before, but Louisa fits like a poorly cut garment, except after leaving everything to seek her vengeance. It's the only one Wraith has. Lost without those who once supported her, her head is clouding and she's losing her grip. One wrong move could blow her cover. Or worse, get her new partner killed. If she fails, it will all be for nothing. If she succeeds, she'll have not only ended a criminal's reign of terror, but finally slayed all that haunts her. But would it be worth what she lost along the way? Even though Colt has been busy growing his own organization, he's never stopped searching for Emily. It doesn't matter that ties were cut and leads went dead. He'll never give up the hunt for her. Can he protect her from all that's hurting her if he does? With Wraith determined to track down the monster from her past, would Colt's search lead to a reunion or a shadow of someone he once knew? All right, well, the name of the podcast is Freya's Fairy Tales, and that mm-hmm. is fairy tales in two ways. So fairy tales are something that we watched or listened to or read as children, and mm-hmm. it's also the journey for you to spend the weeks, months, years working on your novel to hold that in your hands as a fairy tale for you. So yeah. I like to start off with what was your favorite fairy tale or short story when you were a kid and did that favorite change as you got older? I've been thinking about this a lot because I've listened to a few of your episodes now and I'm always like, God, how would I answer that? <laughs> um, so it was a bit of... Um, we were allowed to watch Disney princess movies, but my dad, I think, really wanted boys. So okay. it was strongly discouraged. So the whole princess thing and like, okay. I carried this through until like adulthood and like, I can't watch chick flicks. Um, but I was allowed and watched all the time was Princess Bride. Okay. And I read the book as I got older and it was one of my favorite books. It's like one of those where the book and the movie are different. No, like neither one of them outshines the other. Like I was quite honestly, I did not. I also read the book when I got older and I was so confused. Like I legitimately thought as I was reading it that it was like actually a history of some weird country. (laughs) I had to like Google it. I'm like, is this real? Because it does it so well. Yeah. It's such a great book. Like, so uh, I did have like the Hans Christian Andersen or the Grimm's fairy tales. Like someone gave me like the originals of those. Mm-hmm. And so here I was as a kid and I, I did get to see the Disney movies, but like I loved the Little Mermaid and then I go to read the Little Mermaid story and it's like. Not the same. No. Um, <laughs> childhood trauma. Uh, <laughs> reading the original fairy tales. <laughs> I did that one. Uh, I've done two different versions of that at this point, and both times it's just like this. This this story doesn't get any better in original versions. No, yeah, it was that one, and um, what was the other one? It was, it wasn't Snow White with like the seven dwarves. It was like Snow White and Rose Red mm-hmm. stuck out, um, and that one too was like. I mean, they're all dark. 
you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. They, most of them were made to teach, I don't some kind of lesson. Yeah. What that was, I don't know. Um, but you know, some of them were just not okay for children. <laughs> well, and yeah. actually, most of, like, the Grimm's ones, those weren't written for children. Nope, those were no. written for adults. So yeah. then they modified it at one point, and now they've kind of gone back to the originals. Yeah, like, no, not. Although, normally, you would expect, you know, short stories would have been for children. Whereas, like, no, these ones not, not, (laughs) definitely not for children. (laughs) Yeah. But um, I studied German all throughout high school. And we actually did start to um, get into, like, children's stories, like, bedtime Mm -hmm. stories. And honestly those were dark like <laughs> I can't it wasn't Rumpelstiltskin but the name kind of rolled off your tongue the same way mm-hmm. and it was this and they told their children this at bedtime it was how he would come in and like cut your thumbs off with scissors if you misbehave oh my god yeah it was like we we're sitting there as seniors in high school being like am I translating this right <laughs> I gotta look up the, what the name of that was oh my gosh yeah so I mean it's Goodness. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so at what age did you kind of start writing your own stuff? Um, I always did the best in elementary school, junior high, high school with like the creative writing assignments. I mm-hmm. loved those. I loved writing as a kid. Um, but I didn't start sitting down and seriously writing until 2019. Okay. And I only even started doing that is because I had insomnia super bad and just the voices and the characters just kept yelling. And I finally was like, I just got to write this down. And then (laughs) one thing led to another and I ended up publishing books. (laughs) So you started 2019 actually not that long ago. Did you publish the first one or? Yes. I'm coming up. It'll be one year in March will be the one year anniversary of the first time I published. Okay. So you started it in 2019. How long did it take you to get your first draft done? First draft went pretty quick. Um, I actually got the manuscripts for my first two books. It was August of 2019. And by the end of that year, I had two manuscripts, Um, but I sat on them. I just didn't. I didn't think I was going to do anything. I didn't think they were going to go anywhere. And I just, I let one person read it here. And that, you know, it, it was a very slow takeoff. Okay. So you are holding them. How long did you hold them before you sent them anywhere to do anything? <laughs> um, the first one, my first book, Black Rose, I probably sat on it for a few months. And then I have a friend who is just a diehard reader. She, since we were kids, like we were reading Anne of Green Gables in the fourth grade together, like these big <laughs> fat books, like, and yeah. she's never slowed down. And she's like, give it to me. I want to read it. And <laughs> she was honestly, like, she saved me thousands of dollars in editing and like all that. And I'm like, can I pay? Can I do something for you? She's like, no, I love it. Like, and she must <laughs> have we just the two of us just took a year going back and forth on notes on this thing okay well that's pretty I had my best friend also ask to read what I have of mine so far and this is when I found out that my spice level and her spice level are very different (laughs) and I'm like uh oops I'm so sorry that'll happen like um I don't have I, again, I was so new. I didn't know. I didn't even read my first romance novel until I was 36. Mm. And so I didn't know anything. And all the books I had read never really had open door on page scenes. And so mm-hmm. I just, that's how I wrote this book. And it, it brings you right up to the very edge, closes the door in your face. And mm-hmm. um, I've since decided to run with a spicy crowd on TikTok. So <laughs> I am spicy by association. Um, and I have coined the term diet spice just to manage everybody's expectations. Okay. Um, (laughs) You're going to get some, but not a whole lot. Yeah. So she was like, no, it's very good. But like she, the whole like 
she was almost like, could you, could you do a little more (laughs) when, (laughs) so from the rough draft to what was published, it did get spicier, but it still closes the door in your face. And I don't even know if you could call it spice, but (laughs) it sizzles. It's a suspense. Yeah. More like romantic suspense as opposed to like straight up. I mean, erotica, I realize it's its own genre, but less that more like stuff's happening, but (laughs) yes. Okay, and so you sat on it. Your friend essentially edited it for you. At what point did you realize you should publish this or decide to publish it? Or um, I was in a couple writer Facebook groups, which are great. They're fine. Um, a lot of mansplaining in mm-hmm. them. And so every single thing, I was like, I'm doing it wrong. Oh, God, this nobody's going to want to read this. Like, this. every time I open my mouth to ask a question, I got a whole bunch of dudes telling me, like, you know? Yeah. Um, but then the Moms Who Write Facebook group came about, and it was like, oh, okay, oh, not my people. Like, yeah. And so I got a little bit, and a lot of people were talking about publishing and this and whatever and but because of the other Facebook groups I'm like I gotta query I gotta get an agent I gotta get a publisher and I got caught up with all of that and of course they're the professional ones oh my god yeah (laughs) so I took a shot at querying and um I joke that my whole brand is just me being a mess because it (laughs) makes me lovable and approachable yeah Um, and, but nope, I was a mess trying to, I, oh God, querying was like a whole different brand of just anxiety. And I finally, that was in 21, 2021. And I just shut it down after like three months. I was like, I can't do this. Um, well, it's so demoralizing. And like the statistics on the books that get accepted is so low. Oh my God. Like. It was bad. And it was like, after your hundredth rejection, you're just like, oh my God, I can't, I'm just terrible. Yeah. Like, um, but I, a lot of the moms who write were getting on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And um, I had another um, kind of account, like I did, it's kind of like a mommy blog kind of recipes and um, stuff like that. And a lot of my social media is based off that name. Mm-hmm. So I signed up for TikTok with that, but I started getting more and more into like writing and book talk. And I'm like, well, maybe I should just do one for my author name. Mm-hmm. And I had met April Berry was one of the first people I really connected with. And she was like, you need to do this and blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> I beta read for her. I offered to, and she was like, oh, you're, you're into books, you know? And I was like, yeah. And she, I loved it. It was her paranormal romance that she doesn't talk about ever. And I keep yelling at her to talk about it. <laughs> I'm pretty uh, sure I also yelled at her to talk about it last oh, week. Oh, God. Yeah. And she was I'm like, like well, you... P.S. Nail, who's like, I never talk about my poetry book, so it doesn't sell. And I'm like, well, you're never going to sell if no one knows it exists. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. And so I, I beta read her and she was like, oh, my God, like, thank you for all your help. And she's like, if you ever, you know, I'd mentioned that I'd written some books and mm-hmm. but Black Rose, my first book, I was getting close. I was going to self-published and like I just was hadn't quite pulled the trigger yet but still on the mm-hmm. fence so I didn't want another set of eyes on that one because I was gonna just burn everything um I was like I have this book and I know you're a rom-com author however it's a little bit it's not dark by any means I mean I don't know it's very gritty <laughs> and it's quite violent um there's no spice like there's some fade to black stuff but you're not getting any I was like I don't know if it's she's like give it to me I'm like okay (laughs) I when she finished it the barrage of gifts through Facebook messenger was like how dare you I'm damn it why would you do this to me like on and I'm like do I need to do I need to send you a bottle of wine like I'm sorry like uh, you're like this could be good or bad and I can't oh tell God, which it, it is she was like whoever told you that you're not good enough to publish needs to shut the up like she was I was like so I my book Wraith like a just emotional damage or whatever and I felt terrible I'm like well I have this other one and I'm about to publish it but I don't know what I'm doing I was like but you do get an HEA with this one she's like give it to me so 
I did. And she was like, if you don't publish, I'm going to publish it for you. Like <laughs> throw it up on KDP, just get it done. And I'm like, yes, ma'am. So she, I don't know if there's a term for like lovable bullying, but she basically was like, <laughs> go do this, get it up there. Okay. I think it's called coaxing. Maybe. <laughs> Aggressively coaxing. <laughs> I think there's a word for that. I just can't think of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, like she, um, any ounce of imposter syndrome, like it, it's, she like cleared it all out right then and there. And she was like, you need to stop. Don't let people get in your head. Mm-hmm. This is great stuff. Um, and I wrote Black Rose thinking it was going to be the only one. And as soon as people read it, they're like, we need this character's story. We need this. These two characters need to get together. We need their story. This guy needs mm-hmm. a redemption story. You know, like, like, all right, like, <laughs> add it to the list. So did you actually publish in 21 or did you wait till 22? Early 22. Okay. And so did you publish, how far apart did you publish the two? So Black Rose was published in March. Um, Cause again, it was so clean. It was so just done. It was just sitting there. Um mm-hmm. I did the cover for it and everything just because I'm a stay-at-home mom. I had no budget for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, published that in March. And then Wraith was um, ready to go as well. It was super clean. It was ready to be published. However, um, I didn't know what genre I was. Again, mm. this is this is April Berry, like, just carrying me through. Because um, I was calling them women's fiction. Because, again, because of the Facebook groups, Everyone's mm-hmm. like, well, if it's romance, it has to hit like certain beats at certain times and it has to have four elements, and this, that, and the other thing. It has, you know, like rules, so many rules. Mm-hmm. I can't keep track of the rules. I have some well, situations. Quite honestly, the whole point of learning the rules is to break the rules. So yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but as soon as April read my book, she's like, call it women's fiction if you want, but you know, you have a romance here. Right. And I'm like, from a marketing standpoint, I would rather have a romance. Like, right. Right. So much so, easier to sell copies. Mm-hmm. But the problem with rape was it ended on a cliffhanger. Okay. And I was like, the last thing I want is the romance crowd to get mad at me. Right. Um, and she's like, well, you have book two almost done. Um, you know, if they if the readers get what they want out of that one, you can call it a romance. And she was like, and like from talking to other people and they're like, yeah, you know, absolutely right. Like rapid release them or get them published pretty close together. And so I published Wraith in July, thinking I would publish the next book by October. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not good with deadlines. <laughs> not good with deadlines at all and um during all of this time we moved from the east coast to the west coast oh gosh uh my son was the age he was about to start kindergarten I hadn't worked in three years I wanted a job like and just we don't know anybody here trying to get settled in this and my job was fine but there was a lot of red flags and So I come home from like my part-time job, just like absolutely wiped. And um, the October deadline turned into a November deadline, which turned into end of the year deadline, which hopefully February. (laughs) (laughs) Well, where, so where are we at in that one? It's reasonably what's left to be done. (laughs) I'm going through the last um notes from my last beta reader now okay um and once that's done I will listen to it and that way I like if the comma doesn't sound right in some place or something Mm -hmm. I'll tidy all that up um that's usually the last step I do um I have text to to speech for that yeah I'll put it into like Microsoft Word and they Mm -hmm. have like a a, I'll go chapter by chapter just because it's easier to keep track of it because I think it um, starts over at the beginning every time, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Like, I think you can set your cursor somewhere, but, like, oh. Yeah, it's no, my husband easy. does that, tries to do that from Google Chrome, but it starts at the beginning of the book every oh. time. Yeah. And he's, like, 60,000 words into it at this point. He's like, I don't want to listen from the beginning every time. No. <laughs> I'm like, split that sucker into chapters. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah. 
And I know people will do this with audiobooks. Um, it doesn't work well, like listening to audiobooks for me, but it just to like try to catch something, like I'll set the speed up mm-hmm. super fast. And like I do, I do still catch stuff that way. Um, but it helps me get through it a little bit faster. Um, but yeah, once I get through that, then um I was shooting for February 3rd, but I think just to be safe, I'm gonna say February 10th. Okay. Uh, the cover's done. Um, I do need to pull my other two books because um, I had an issue with my um, domain name for my author website. Okay. So that is because Kate's a mess. Um, <laughs> I own it. It's my brand. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to update that. I got to, um, with Wraith, uh, one or two people sent me screenshots of like a typo here and there. So I want to clean those up. Mm. Um, so, and I'll get those cleaned up. But yeah, I'm hoping for February 10th, but there may be a little bit, a couple of days slush with that. Okay. So that's pretty, pretty close to getting book two. I feel like I realize that there are authors that, I mean, Golden Angel just put up that she posted, what, like 12, 14 books last year, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, not like insane. I mean, you know, she does it full time and has her schedule and does very well with her deadlines. I'm the type of person where I'm like, I'm working a full-time job and I'm narrating full-time and I'm trying to write a book. So I'm like, my yeah. book will be done maybe this year. <laughs> but like, I can't set a deadline because I'm like, I have 10, 20-minute chunks I can put on it. So crazy. Yeah. So you you said you started the part-time job. Have you now quit that? <laughs> uh, quit. Yeah, I, I lasted about five months. <laughs> hey, that's it's a pretty just... good effort. I mean, for a job that's, not great (laughs) no I mean it wasn't a bad job it just um for part-time but they kept asking for you know with a lot like I put in for time off because school would be closed for a week for Mm -hmm. teacher conferences and they'd be like well just bring your son and it's um it was fine but there were it was an assisted living facility and some Mm. of the people weren't always you know it's they're happy about that slowing down so sometimes it wasn't always appropriate for my son to see some of this stuff mm-hmm. and it's, it's like out of respect for people's privacy and everything too so right was, we managed for three years me being home like we're like what's another couple of years like right we'll be all right as I tell my husband I'm like you can quit your job when you make it big with your book <laughs> <laughs> right I'm like as soon as like your book income exceeds which he's still he'll be finished um I don't know he's dyslexic so he writes carefully not slower he writes very carefully to make sure that he's getting you know the right words in there yeah um but he's hoping by the end of the year to have his done um but who knows how fast i finally forced him to join tiktok to like make friends i'm like join it you don't have to post videos yet but you need to like start making these friends that will be your beta readers and your arc readers and your other stuff yeah i'm like how did you go about finding, so April read your book. How did you find your beta readers and stuff at the beginning? Um, the moms, so I had the one mm-hmm. um, and she was amazing. And then the moms who write Facebook group put together like little reading circles. Like they kind of paired us up by genre. And I was in a women's fiction beta circle, but it turns out we all wrote a romance anyway. Uh, <laughs> so none of you knew how to pick genres. No. Um, <laughs> and... I think this was at the end of, or this was sometime in 21. And so we would share a chapter a week. Okay. And um, just a great group, like the little, our little tiny circle, just like, we're still um, all sharing stuff and working with each other. I think I'm the only one really active on TikTok. Okay. Um, and I tried to get them all to join my Discord, but my Discord is absolute chaos. Um, and they're like, we like it at all, but we're just going to stick to our quiet little, like, I'm like, totally fine. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> now, would this be, is Romance Riot technically yours? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So that's, a, that's it, a big Discord, like, compared to the other ones I'm in. It um it blew up. Like, it started <laughs> with April and I and um, another author. We were, um, all went live together one night, and it turned into four and a half hours of just shenanigans. So we started, um, it was just ridiculous. Like, it was just a lot of laughs, a lot of giggles, a lot mm-hmm. of, you know. So we were we were doing this live. It was silly and ridiculous. And there's so many laughs. And, like, we were talking about books and characters and this. And it was... Um, I was like, wow, we're just such a riot, huh? Like, and it was like, yeah, we're the romance riot. And 
we kept, I'm like, we gotta have a discord. We gotta have something because we would send direct messages to each, like as a group to each other. Mm-hmm. And we're like, it'd be a lot more fun, like on a little bit larger scale. Like a lot of the people who jumped in and like um, with the lives and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, like if we saw a meme and we wanted to share it, like it's not easy on TikTok to like share memes or share links or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I usually so, have to jump over to Instagram if I need to send a link. Yeah. So it was like, well, I'm going to start a discord and we started it. So I went on, I signed it all up and made them admins right away. And, um, we just kind of didn't do much about it at first. Mm-hmm. And it was like, we got to get people in on this. And then, so I started doing silly TikToks, like, Hey, you need a writing community. Like, and it is, it is absolute chaos when you join. <laughs> um, and we tell everybody, we're like, don't try to keep up. Just jump in where you can. Turn like, off I, the notifications because the like notifications. it most moves so fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think one of the things that was a little bit of a deterrent is like, you see a lot of times in Facebook groups, like admins get all cranky. They're like, mm-hmm. you know, try to search a question before you ask it. I'm like, yeah, ask it, ask it every time. Like, if we have to answer the same question a hundred times, like it's maybe it's a different perspective you weren't thinking of, or maybe there's 18 new people in here that were wondering the same thing, you know? I don't know. Maybe the statistics show that you have to hear something nine times before it sticks in your brain. (laughs) Like (laughs) science, man. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, you know, and so it's, we just try to be like, you know, don't try to like go back and read everything. Don't try Mm -hmm. to keep up. Like, just and it's it's been a really great group and it's been a really supportive group and like other people have started um kind of like bringing their own things to the table mm-hmm. um like someone will be like hey I've been putting out my newsletter this week like anybody want to jump in on it I'll add you and it's just turned into like this little author network kind of mm-hmm. thing and um I started the actual discord but again I'm just here there and everywhere all the time so I, I can't even really take credit for building it like this. It's been <laughs> April. It's been Sherry Williams. It's been, um, you know, just there's, I will forget everybody. Cause now I'm like on the spot, but, um, <laughs> but there's different people bring different things and it's mm-hmm. just, it's so supportive and encouraging. Well, it's crazy too. So I was, um, it was like, December or November of last year and I'm like looking at like oh I only have one more podcast episode that'll get me into January and then I'm like I've posted a couple times on TikTok and social media and like no one's signed up to interview so I'm like all right we're gonna reach out to one author like one author I happened across P.S. Nail who was like posting stuff and I'm like she's on TikTok all the time let's just reach out to her and see if she wants to do it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, absolutely. I'm like, can I get you the first weekend of January? Because like, I need late January episodes. And she's like, that's perfect. Because that's my author anniversary. And I'm like, cool. And then like, within hours of her signing up and agreeing to it, I had like all of you guys. And she's like, and join the romance riot and like all this. She's like, you should post in like the social media section of it. And I'm like, well, I don't want to join a group. Like, how icky is it to, like, join a group and be like, hey, you should do this thing. <laughs> so I waited a few weeks before posting it. But, you know, interact several times and I go in there, hop in when I can and all that. But um, that's how I know, like, it moves so fast because, like, you'll jump in and I- I've gotten to where now I'll screenshot stuff if I want to reference it later. Because, like, yeah. I think you posted about the nine hashtag thing. Yes. On TikTok. Yeah. So I screenshotted that. So like now every time I post on TikTok, I'm like, what were the three? Yes. (laughs) Three categories. I had to write it out on a piece of paper and like stick it to my wall. I'm like, so wait, what am I supposed like how am I (laughs) Well, now I've gotten to the point where I'm trying to plug in shortcuts on my phone. So now I can do like TT audio and it does all my audiobook hashtags like immediately. Um, which I just learned about that because of a TikTok. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we love that stuff. We're always like, if someone finds something, they're like, hey, I saw this creator says this work. Like, yeah. you know, like we don't hoard now, information. I can't we say I've share noticed it. a huge, I imagine it's better for certain categories of TikToks than others. But like, mm-hmm. it's just an easy way to think of because I'm, I would usually plug in the same like audiobooks, narrator, like the same yep. ones every time. So it's good to like shake things up because you don't know mm-hmm. who else you're going to get to with these new hashtags that you didn't think of before. Yeah. Okay. So 
You, I did notice, I looked at your books. You have paperbacks and you have ebooks. Are there yes. any plans for audio in the future? Eventually. Um, <laughs> I would, again, like I'm so very new to all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, I didn't even know what genre I was writing in the beginning. And then so Black Rose, I kind of got a little carried away with points of like POVs. Okay. And so Black Rose has four POVs in it and Rafe has three or four. Um going forward I I kind of figured out how to like clean it up and Are these third or first person? Uh first person. Okay. And so I was like, "Well, I don't know if I could ever like pull that off cuz I went a little too crazy, but then I've seen other people where they'll get where they have dual POVs and they'll get mm-hmm. one narrator. Mm-hmm. And they're able to do it. So I think once I finally get myself a little bit more organized, I can start putting feelers out and see if anybody is comfortable with different voices or, you know, I would have to do the ACX, I think the um, mm-hmm. profit sharing or whatever yep. at That's, first. I do a lot of those. So. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, those, just so you know, um, and I have absolutely no problem. I do, like, pretty much all of my stuff comes off ACX, like the audiobooks that I do. Um, So, like, I know how that one works for the most part. I've never seen your side of the screen other than, like, I had an author send me screenshots and she's like, the button you're telling me to push isn't there. And I'm like, well, send me what is there so I can figure out. Right? (laughs) Like, my screen just has a giant purple button that says, I'm done. (laughs) So... So, uh, but for the most part, like most narrators and my husband's having the same dilemma where he's doing a, his is sci-fi fantasy, um, Mm. but it switches POVs often. So he's like, what do I do? Are we going to have to like pay, you know, five different narrators? I'm like, no, no, no. You pay one male and one female to do, or you could have like a female do all of them or a male do all of them if you need to do profit share. Um, But, like, I've done a few dual POV books myself. Um, I did a three POV book. Okay. I'm trying to think. I've done a couple where it was, like, most of it was told from the most confusing one I had. It was told from a third-person perspective, but it would head jump a lot. So you Mm. might be, like, dealing with the good guy, and then suddenly you're dealing with the bad guy with no thing. So I'm like, this third-person narrator has to have a whole different voice because I cannot change um, which is now what I do for all third person, unless I have one where it's quite clear she has line breaks on the yeah. page when it switches POV. So I can tell, oh, now we're in the guy's head. Oh, now we're in her head or the dad's head or like you could clearly tell how it was. But like, yeah, most narrators are going to be able to do that unless you've done like 100 POVs and just made it way too confusing. <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, there's clear breaks of who's talking and like everybody gets their own big headline in the chapter and um but yeah so you probably made it the easiest for a narrator ever because I wouldn't have to be second guessing who's talking Mm -hmm. whose perspective are we in right now (laughs) yeah and and I say there's four POVs but one of them's actually split between so it's a hidden identity story okay and so the main female character like went into hiding. So it's her old personality versus her new personality kind of okay. thing. So it's I it again, I was just writing this book because I couldn't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just it the, the first draft, like uh, there'll be people in um the Discord. Uh, and they're talking about like they're writing their first book and they're like, it's just such a mess. It's all out of order. And I'm like, I will send you the first draft of my book. And you're going to be like, what in the fresh dumpster fire is this? Like, so how it- did you so you can't sleep? You decide I'm going to write a book. Where did the idea for the first book come from? Um, it's been sitting in my head, uh, at that point for 15 years or so. Um, I just have a very overactive imagination. If (laughs) I hear a song or if I'm driving in a car too long, it's like all sorts of stuff is just playing out to keep me entertained. Um, and a lot of it was that came into play in Black Rose was like socialites and the tabloids and this. And I think a lot of it was like back in the early two thousands when like, us magazine and in touch and like all the the um the, what do you call those the, the, the tabloids uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> were like so big and like 
crazy. Like I used to read them all, all the time. And I think it's around that time is where like, oh, like, wouldn't it be crazy? Like if, you know, what was like the two big blonde ones of like one of them, like all of a sudden disappeared and she's on the run. Like <laughs> in the 2000s, you know, just, wasn't it like Angelina Jolie was on like every other magazine? <laughs> something or, you know, like, um, was it Nicole Richie or something? You know what I mean? Like uh, Paris Hilton. Yeah. That yes. Was, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's really funny. Like, cause it's, I wrote it and it's like, you don't see that much of that stuff these days that I'm like well the story is good so whatever let's just run with it (laughs) the reality is like you know trends happen in writing all the time and like you know everybody will love the what's the big thing the big trope right now like the why choose and stuff like that but eventually people are gonna be like I don't I'm tired of why choose. I've been reading it for whatever, you know, six six years or whatever. Uh, And they're going to want, you know, something not why choose at that point. So like the trends come back around over and over again. So it's like, write your book. That's, I've said this a few times. I'm like, just write the book you want to write. It may not be popular right now, but in five (laughs) years, it might be the biggest book ever. You don't know. We were on the live this morning and we were talking about like um, different content warnings and like tropes and stuff like this. And um, we were all saying that like, you just never really know. And it was, I've might've, I don't know if I've gone overboard or if I've done just enough, but I'm like, so like, what's going to upset somebody? What's this that I've put down like curse words and alcohol consumption and this. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I even put down pregnancy because a secondhand character towards the end, like graces us with her present and she's got a big old belly you know and then it turned into the whole like people who like pregnancy people who don't like pregnancy and one of the girls on the live is like should I not write my book because it's there's there's pregnancy in it and it was more of like it's connected to the story and we're like no no, no. write your book like just mm-hmm. write it like don't listen to us like you know when I've seen honestly, authors like, that'll do like on Amazon or like in the book itself, it'll have like the basics of content warnings, like the big, broad, overarching like mm-hmm. SA and stuff like that. Um, but then like on their website, it'll get like, if you'd want to know more about what specifically happens here, but there might be spoilers, you can like, you know, click down into the nitty gritty levels of everything that happens. That's what I did. And on my um, author blog, I had a page for each book with a comprehensive, like, or I tried to make it comprehensive. I'm sure I overlooked something um, of like anything that could, you know, people would want to know about the book. Mm -hmm. Um, But then my uh, domain name got all messed up. So I'm like, the links don't even work right now. (laughs) (laughs) What happened to your domain? So, okay, it was um, in the middle of this big move, getting settled or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I get a message from the bank, like on a Sunday morning, like, oh, you got this charge from your card. And I'm like, what? And I clicked no. Oh, no. And then they texted me back. They're like, okay, your card's shut off. And the problem is we're in the military. So we don't ever live where any of our stuff is dealt with. So all of our, we're in Washington state, but our bank's in California Uh and it's a Sunday. So it was a whole big old mess. Like I had to, you know, back and forth with the bank and like, they'd mail you a card, but they mail it to the address. So our address is where our licenses are, which are that of Arizona. Like it's a mess. (laughs) And, but they send it like the slowest possible mail that there is. So it had to go to my mother-in-law's house. And then she had to forward it to us. So like during this time, like, again, we were fine, but like um, different things. Of course, it's around the time that I had set everything up. So everything's up for their annual renewal. Mm-hmm. I missed the email saying like, you have to update your card information for your domain. And by the time I sat down to go back around to it, if you don't pay for your domain within like two or three weeks, um, it goes to auction. You mm-hmm. cannot get it back. And you can bid for it. You can be one of the people who bid to get it back. But even if you do get it, it's like an $80 like fee just to reinstate it. Yeah. So it was just like. Or you have to wait. I don't remember what the time frame is. If no one buys it at auction, you have to wait like. Two or three months. Yeah. A ridiculous quantity of time to not have a website. (laughs) And again, the only reason why I paid for a domain to begin with is because when I was querying. 
I found that my URL for my WordPress had a typo in it. And it had been mm. four months at that point. And I'm like, I'm a mess. Like I, <laughs> I rewrote my author bio this week because um, the Romance Riot's putting out an anthology and I'm, I've got this other book coming out. And I'm like, well, it's time to update the author bio. And so I just started off with this. Kate Prada is not a role model. Like, <laughs> so I say, oh, tell like, me oh, more. <laughs> everyone's like stop talking about yourself that way I'm like no dude like I you know I I kind of who wants to follow the author that is perfect well no one wants that story no one wants that book oh I'm perfect all the time I do nothing wrong no one wants to read that book (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean it's you know and I, I think though but like and I had this conversation with my friends the other day um because it's whenever someone says something disparaging about themselves, the other two are always quick to be like, don't talk about my friend that way. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, you know what though? Like I embrace the mess. Like I it is what it is. And I find, I have found that it has made me approachable and mm-hmm. I've had a handful of people just reach out and just be like, Hey, like, you know, how did, like, I, I'm a new writer. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, you just seem like you'd be cool to talk to. And I'm like, yeah, man, what's up? And it's like, <laughs> I don't always have the answers, but I got a discord over here where you've got tons of people that are willing to help yeah, you out. Someone might know. Yeah. So if it makes me approachable and it makes me relatable, like I am what I am. Yeah. That's, I try. That was like when I was picking pseudonyms. So I, <laughs> started narrating under my own name but like my day job occasionally runs background checks so after five books of that I'm like I should probably not be doing this under my own name mm-hmm. so I come up and at that time I was doing nonfiction, only nonfiction. okay so I got I did five books I'm like we should probably have an alternate name so I pick a name I want to make sure I can own the domain I want to make sure that all oh, like the social medias I can own some you know, thing I had to add like narrates to the end of all of them. I started a podcast and like that name, I only did nonfiction under except the daily fiction podcast, which is like classic novel audiobooks kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with that one, I'm like, you know, I want I, no famous people can be using it. No other narrators can be using it already. Like, you know, make sure that in my thing, I'm the only one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when I started getting fiction after I'd already outed myself to everybody that I know of the first name, I'm like, we need another name. <laughs> so for Victoria, I did the same thing. Can I own the domain? Can I own some semblance of the social medias? Is there another narrator using it? Is there a famous person with the name? There's like an ASMR person, mm-hmm. um, but oh, that's no. not narrating. So um, I do occasionally get Google alerts that her nudes were leaked. So that's fun. I'm like... <laughs> Like, oh, Freya Victoria's <laughs> OnlyFans stuff was leaked, and I'm just like, it wasn't me, it wasn't me. <laughs> oh my god! But now, now I'll just turn to my husband and be like, other me's nudes got leaked again. Like, <laughs> and That's he funny. half the time will respond with, "Is there something you need to tell me?" <laughs> like, it. no, definitely not. <laughs> I'm like, you think we live in this house? If I was doing well on OnlyFans enough to have my stuff leaked, like, no. <laughs> Right. Like, I feel like that's like a level up. It's like, well, you know, I mean, there's like people who have an OnlyFans, which I do not, which I mean, no judgment to anyone who does. But like, you know, there's people that have one and then there's people that get big enough on there that people leak their stuff. Like there's a difference. Right. If you're not doing well, no one knows you exist. So how is your stuff going to get leaked? (laughs) Yeah, I I do that with my head name. Like I keep being like, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to come out. I'm going to leak it. You know, and I was talking to my cousin because, again, it's just it's literally for three people. Um, and I do have a children's book under my real name. And so it, it is kind of nice being having being able to separate the two because mm-hmm. um, I do want to do more children's books as well. Yeah, uh, quite think- honestly, my grandfather gave me an idea for a children's book that would be fantastic. But I'm like, we would do that under the nicer name that everybody knows. about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I keep being like, I should just like, cause it's going to get out. It's going to get out eventually. My family's mm-hmm. going to figure it out. And I'm like, I almost just want to be in control of mm-hmm. the situation. And then instead of having to go on like the defensive and my claim is if it ever does to be like, well, there's 
smoochy bits. I just didn't want you guys to read that. Like, yeah. But yeah, I, I think know. at she one keeps point, me out of it, and I think she's she's right. But <laughs> I think at one point I posted. Oh no! I sent out a newsletter. Um, I sent out a newsletter and I said something about like going to church on Sundays. And I'm like, but like, realistically, like mind your own business. Like the people at church know that I narrate. Mm -hmm. I live in the Bible Belt. It is not unusual for people to go to church. But I'm like, no one asks me what kind of books I narrate. Um, They most of them actually listen to the Daily Fiction podcast, which is classic novels. But like the rest of the stuff, I'm like, just don't ask. Don't ask. Don't ask. I won't tell if Mm -hmm. you find me that's like none of them are on tiktok a few of them are um one of my aunts is and i'm like if you ever find me like just don't out me to anybody um i have a couple like friends my mom and my sister know Um, my sister actually helped me come up with the name so (laughs) i came up with freya i came up with freya really fast because it's a goddess of love in norse mythology Mm -hmm. um and since technically my legal name is norwegian um, it, I felt it was fitting, but I couldn't figure out a last name that didn't sound stupid. So <laughs> she was like, yeah. what about this? I'm like, that works. <laughs> so that's where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mom and my sister know with a warning of read the blurb if you want one of the audiobooks, because mm-hmm. like I won't be held responsible if you listen to something spicy. Um, my sister-in-law has listened to some of the spiciest books I have done. And I'm like... Did you not read the blurb? And she's like, it's just a book. It's okay. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's on you then. <laughs> I, and again, like, I don't write the spiciest of anything. Like, I, again, I call myself diet spice, but my mother in law found out and immediately went out, bought multiple copies of everything and started <laughs> handing it out to all of her neighbors. And I'm like, I'm so Black Rose is very heavy with the car culture and like there's cars, there's a mechanic, there's all this. Uh-huh. They're in like peak, like out in that southwestern desert where everybody builds everything and does it. I'm like, I'm cringing harder because of the car stuff. I'm like, they're gonna be like, oh, this, you know, fantasizing fucking, you know, <laughs> hot rod mechanics. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Like, it's, it's funny, like the stuff that like, we're gonna cringe at. <laughs> yeah. What's funny too, though, is like my husband, though, he, took a while to decide whether he wanted to use a pseudonym or not. Um, and he eventually did decide because originally he was going to have me narrate it, but he has like so many accents in his book that I cannot do that. I'm like, dude, there's, it would take me a year just to get your accents down. Like there's no way I can do this book. Um, but he still decided to use a pseudonym so that he can do whatever he wants to do. So, <laughs> but it's like, you know, if people find out it's like, like everyone knows he's writing a book or everybody. Some people are like, I had no idea. I hung out with my best friend, hadn't seen her in about six months, hang out with her and her husband's like, I had no idea you had a podcast. And I'm like, I literally post about it all the time. Like, what do you mean you didn't know? I'm right? like, actually, I have three. <laughs> so That's He's awesome. like, I had no idea. And then one of my other friends is starting to get into narrating and he he knew I was a narrator um, shortly after I started, um, but like asking me questions and stuff. And he's like, I had no idea your husband was writing a book. I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> sorry, we don't talk about it to the public. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And then I'm always like, well, the one that started narrating, I'm like, you need to get on TikTok because that's where a lot of the authors will find narrators I mean, you can also get auditions through ACX, but I've seen a lot of, you know, narrators get jobs off of TikTok because they're mm-hmm. narrating on there. So I'm like, you need to join TikTok. You need to do this and that. I'm like, if you want my pseudonym. And he's like, no, no, no. Don't tell me. <laughs> Don't tell me your business. I'm like, <laughs> if you stumble across me, then. <laughs> it's it's an interesting world. Yes. Yes. Kate liked the Brothers Grimm growing up. The brothers Grimm, Jacob and Wilhelm, were a brother duo of German academics, philologists, cultural researchers, lexicographers, and authors, who together collected and published folklore. They are among the best-known storytellers of folktales, popularizing stories such as Cinderella, The Frog Prince, Hansel and Gretel, Little Red Riding Hood, Rapunzel, Rumpelstiltskin, Sleeping Beauty, and Snow White— 
Their first collection of folk tales, Children's and Household Tales, began publication in 1812. The rise of Romanticism in 19th century Europe revived interest in traditional folk stories, which to the Brothers Grimm represented a pure form of national literature and culture. With the goal of researching a scholarly treatise on folk tales, they established a methodology for collecting and recording folk stories that became the basis for folklore studies. Between 1812 and 1857, their first collection was revised and republished many times, growing from 86 stories to more than 200. In addition to writing and modifying folk tales, the brothers wrote collections of well-respected Germanic and Scandinavian mythologies, and in 1838, they began writing a definitive German dictionary, which they were unable to finish during their lifetimes. The popularity of the Grimm's collected folktales has endured well. The tales are available in more than 100 translations and have been adapted by renowned filmmakers with films such as Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. In the mid-20th century, the tales were used as propaganda by Nazi Germany. Later in the 20th century, psychologists such as Bruno Bettelheim reaffirmed the value of the work in spite of the cruelty and violence in original versions of some of the tales, which were eventually sanitized by the Grimm's themselves. Today we'll be reading Snow White and Rose Red by the Brothers Grimm. Don't forget we're reading Les Mortes d'Arthur, the story of King Arthur and of his noble knights of the round table on our Patreon. You can find the link in the show notes. Snow White and Rose Red There was once a poor widow who lived in a lonely cottage. In front of the cottage was a garden, wherein stood two rose trees, one of which bore white and the other red roses. She had two children who were like the two rose trees, and one was called Snow White and the other Rose Red. They were as good and happy, as busy and cheerful as ever two children in the world were, only Snow White was more quiet and gentle than Rose Red. Rose Red liked better to run about in the meadows and fields, seeking flowers and catching butterflies. But Snow White sat at home with her mother and helped her with her housework, or read to her when there was nothing to do. The two children were so fond of one another that they always held each other by the hand when they went out together. And when Snow White said, We will not leave each other, Rose Red answered, Never so long as we live. And their mother would add, What one has, she must share with the other. They often ran about the forest alone and gathered red berries, and no beasts did them any harm, but came close to them trustfully. The little hare would eat a cabbage leaf out of their hands. The roe grazed by their side. The stag leapt merrily by them, and the birds sat still upon the boughs and sang whatever they knew. No mishap overtook them. If they had stayed too late in the forest and night came on, they laid themselves down near one another upon the moss and slept until morning came. And their mother knew this and did not worry on their account. Once when they had spent the night in the wood and the dawn had roused them, they saw a beautiful child in a shining white dress sitting near their bed. He got up and looked quite kindly at them, but said nothing and went into the forest. And when they looked round, they found that they had been sleeping quite close to a precipice and would certainly have fallen into it in the darkness if they had gone only a few paces further. And their mother told them that it must have been the angel who watches over good children. Snow White and Rose Red kept their mother's little cottage so neat that it was a pleasure to look inside it. In the summer, Rose Red took care of the house, and every morning laid a wreath of flowers by her mother's bed before she awoke and which was a rose from each tree. In the winter, Snow White lit the fire and hung the kettle on the hob. The kettle was of brass and shone like gold. So brightly was it polished. In the evening, when the snowflakes fell, the mother said, Go, Snow White, and bolt the door. And then they sat round the hearth. And the mother took her spectacles and read aloud out of a large book. And the two girls listened as they sat and spun and close by them lay a lamb upon the floor, and behind them upon a perch sat a white dove with its head hidden beneath its wings. One evening, as they were thus sitting comfortably together, someone knocked at the door as if he wished to be let in. The mother said, Quick, Rose Red, open the door. It must be a traveler who is seeking shelter. Rose Red went and pushed back the bolt, 
thinking that it was a poor man, but it was not. It was a bear that stretched his broad black head within the door. Rose Red screamed and sprang back. The lamb bleated, the dove fluttered, and Snow White hid herself behind her mother's bed. But the bear began to speak and said, Do not be afraid. I will do you no harm. I am half frozen and only want to warm myself a little beside you. Poor bear, said the mother. Lie down by the fire. Only take care that you do not burn your coat. Then she cried, Snow White, Rose Red, come out. The bear will do you no harm. He means well. So they both came out. And by and by, the lamb and dove came nearer and were not afraid of him. The bear said, Here, children, knock the snow out of my coat a little. So they brought the broom and swept the bear's hide clean. And he stretched himself by the fire and growled contentedly and comfortably. It was not long before they grew quiet at home and played tricks with their clumsy guest. They tugged his hair with their hands, put their feet upon his back, and rolled him about. Or they took a hazel switch and beat him, and when he growled, they laughed. But the bear took it all in good part. Only when they were too rough, he called out, Leave me alive, children. Snow White, Rose Red, will you beat your wooer dead? When it was bedtime and the others went to bed, the mother said to the bear, You can lie there by the hearth, and then you'll be safe from the cold and the bad weather. As soon as day dawned, the two children let him out, and he trotted across the snow into the forest. Henceforth, the bear came every evening at the same time, laid himself down by the hearth, and let the children amuse themselves with him as much as they liked. And they got so used to him that the doors were never fastened until their black friend had arrived. When spring had come and all outside was green, the bear said one morning to Snow White, Now I must go away and cannot come back for the whole summer. Where are you going then, dear bear? asked Snow White. I must go into the forest and guard my treasures from the wicked dwarves. In the winter when the earth is frozen hard, they are obliged to stay below and cannot work their way through. But now when the sun is thawed and warmed the earth, they break through it and come out to pry and steal. And what once gets into their hands and in their caves does not easily see daylight again. Snow White was quite sorry at his departure. And as she unbolted the door for him and the bear was hurrying out, he caught against the bolt and a piece of his hairy coat was torn off. And it seemed to Snow White as if she had seen gold shining through it. But she was not sure about it. The bear ran away quickly and was soon out of sight behind the trees. A short time afterwards, the mother sent her children into the forest to get firewood. There they found a big tree which lay felled on the ground, and close by the trunk something was jumping backwards and forwards in the grass. But they could not make out what it was. When they came nearer, they saw a dwarf with an old withered face and a snow-white beard a yard long. The end of the beard was caught in a crevice of the tree, and the little fellow was jumping about like a dog tied to a rope, and did not know what to do. He glared at the girls with his fiery red eyes and cried, Why do you stand there? Can you not come here and help me? What are you up to, little man? asked Rose Red. You stupid prying goose, answered the dwarf. I was going to split the tree to get a little wood for cooking. The little bit of food that we people get is immediately burned up with heavy logs. We do not swallow so much as you coarse, greedy folk. I had just driven the wedge safely in and everything was going as I wished, but the cursed wedge was too smooth and suddenly sprang out, and the tree closed so quickly that I could not pull out my beautiful white beard. So now it is tight and I cannot get away, and the silly, sleek, milk-faced things laugh. Ugh. How odious you are. The children tried very hard, but they could not pull the beard out. It was caught too fast. I will run and fetch someone, said Rose Red. You senseless goose, snarled the dwarf. Why should you fetch someone? You are already too, too many for me. Can you not think of something better? Don't be impatient, said Snow White. I will help you. And she pulled her scissors out of her pocket and cut off the end of the beard. As soon as the dwarf felt himself free, he laid hold of a bag which lay amongst the roots of the tree, and which was full of gold, and lifted it up grumbling to himself. Uncouth people to cut off a piece of my fine beard. Bad luck to you. And then he swung the bag upon his back, and went off without even once looking at the children. 
Sometime afterwards, Snow White and Rose Red went to catch a dish of fish. As they came near the brook, they saw something like a large grasshopper jumping toward the water as if it were going to leap in. They ran to it and found it was the dwarf. Where are you going? said Rose Red. You surely don't want to go into the water. I am not such a fool, cried the dwarf. Don't you see that the accursed fish wants to pull me in? The little man had been sitting there fishing, and unluckily the wind had tangled up his beard with the fishing line. A moment later, a big fish made a bite, and the feeble creature had not strength to pull it out. The fish kept the upper hand and pulled the dwarf towards him. He held on to all the reeds and rushes, but it was of little good, for he was forced to follow the movements of the fish and was in urgent danger of being dragged into the water. The girls came just in time. They held him fast and tried to free his beard from the line, but all in vain. Beard and line were entangled fast together. There was nothing to do but to bring out the scissors and cut the beard, whereby a small part of it was lost. When the dwarf saw that, he screamed out, Is that civil, you toadstool, to disfigure a man's face? Was it not enough to clip off the end of my beard? Now you have cut off the best part of it. I cannot let myself be seen by my people. I wish you'd been made to run the soles off your shoes. And he took out a sack of pearls which lay in the rushes. And without another word, he dragged it away and disappeared behind a stone. It happened that soon afterwards, the mother sent the two children to the town to buy needles and thread and laces and ribbon. The road led them across a heath upon which huge pieces of rock lay strewn about. There, they noticed a large bird hovering in the air, flying slowly round and round above them. It sank lower and lower, and at last settled near a rock not far away. Immediately, they heard a loud, piteous cry. They ran up and saw with horror that the eagle had seized their old acquaintance, the dwarf, and was going to carry him off. The children, full of pity, at once took tight hold of the little man and pulled against the eagle so long that at last he let his booty go. As soon as the dwarf had recovered from his first fright, he cried with his shrill voice, "'Could you not have done it more carefully? You dragged at my brown coat so that it is all torn and full of holes, you clumsy creatures!' Then he took up a sack full of precious stones and slipped away again under the rock into his hole." The girls, who by this time were used to his ingratitude, went on their way and did their business in town. As they crossed the heath again on their way home, they surprised the dwarf, who had emptied out his bag of precious stones in a clean spot, and had not thought that anyone would come there so late. The evening sun shone upon the brilliant stones. They glittered and sparkled with all colors so beautifully that the children stood still and stared at them. Why do you stand gaping there? cried the dwarf, and his ashen gray face became copper red with rage. He was still cursing when a loud growling was heard and a black bear came trotting towards them out of the forest. The dwarf sprang up in a fright, but he could not reach his cave, for the bear was already close. Then in the dread of his heart, he cried, Dear Mr. Bear, spare me. I will give you all my treasures. Look, the beautiful jewels lying there. Grant me my life. What do you want with such a slender little fellow as I? You would not feel me between your teeth. Come take these two wicked girls. They are tender morsels for you. Fat as young quails, for mercy's sake, eat them. The bear took no heed of his words, but gave the wicked creature a single blow with his paw, and he did not move again. The girls had run away, but the bear called to them, Snow White and Rose Red, do not be afraid. Wait, I will come with you. Then they recognized his voice and waited. And when he came up to them, suddenly his bearskin fell off, and he stood there a handsome man clothed all in gold. I am a king's son, he said, and I was bewitched by that wicked dwarf who had stolen my treasures. I have had to run about the forest as a savage bear until I was freed by his death. Now he has got his well-deserved punishment. Snow White was married to him, and Rose Red to his brother, and they divided between them the great treasure which the dwarf had gathered together in his cave. The old mother lived peacefully and happily with her children for many years, she took the two rose trees with her, and they stood before her window, and every year bore the most beautiful roses, white and red. Thank you for joining Freya's Fairy Tales. Be sure to come back next week for the conclusion of Kate's journey to holding her own fairy tale in her hands. 
and to hear another of her favorite fairy tales.